The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Welcome. It is almost here. The 2014 ALCS. Seems like it's been weeks since the Royals finished off the Angels on Sunday. But the ALCS, yeah, begins tomorrow night at Camden Yards in Baltimore. And we are all set to break it down for you here on Clubhouse Conversation. It's Davo on a special preview edition of your dish for the ALCS as we go in-depth here for the best of seven series with the O's. So bear with me here. I've got a lot to cover, a lot of numbers, a lot of different things I want to touch on. We'll try to somewhat go through this in chronological order and kind of we'll, we'll emphasize Baltimore, first of all. We'll go through Baltimore's roster and kind of look at what they have to refresh us since we have not seen Baltimore since May 18th. It's been quite a while since the last time. Now, if you look at it, Baltimore, during the regular season, did win seven more games than the Royals. So seven more wins for the O's during the regular season. But KC won the season series, as you know by now, 4-3 to three over Baltimore, outscoring them 26-18. to 18. Now, like I said, the teams have not met since May 18th here in KC. The Royals won two out of three in Baltimore, including a kind of gray, uh, rainy, overcast evening when your Donovan Ventura completely shut down the O's. That's important to talk about as and remember as we'll get into that a little bit later with the weather forecast this weekend. But two out of three in Baltimore for the Royals when they went in there, and then the O's came back to KC on the return trip and were able to split the four-game set. Now, offensively, it's been well-documented, and we all know by now because it's not a surprise. The Royals basically are inferior, if you look at the regular season, to nearly every offense in the major leagues, Baltimore definitely being one of them, as the O's have scored 60 more runs than KC. So offense is good for Baltimore, but let's look at it right now. Let's not give the O's too much credit here, mainly because of injuries and suspension and some doubts I have, but, but let's go through it here. And the current state right now that Baltimore is in, I don't see them quite as dangerous as those numbers would indicate. Now, first of all, your starting catcher is likely going to be Caleb Joseph for the Orioles since he's much better defensively, much better at controlling the running game. And as we know, the Royals have been running like rabbits all year, especially in the postseason, most notably in that game against Oakland in the wildcard game. But the thing with Caleb Joseph, well, obviously he's no Matt Wieters. And yes, granted, Matt Wieters hardly played this year. About a month, so, you know, it's kind of unfair to even mention Matt Wieters or unfair to compare somebody to him when he hardly played this year. But Caleb Joseph ended the year in an 0-for-31 skid offensively. That's going to be their catcher, most likely, the majority of the series. Caleb Joseph, 0-for-31. So he's no Matt Wieters, so that's one good thing for the Royals. And again, I realize he's been out almost the whole season, but just saying. Now, first base, no Crash Davis in this series. Chris Davis, of course, on the 25-game suspension list, would have been eligible to come off and be reinstated game six of the series if it does, in fact, go six. But Buck Showalter saying, nope, not going to happen. Chris Davis will not be on this round of the postseason roster. So the Royals will not see Chris Davis, the left-handed slugger, which is big. Now, I mean, 26 home runs and 72 RBIs for Chris Davis. But more than that, really the only lone major power threat Baltimore has from the left side. So taking him out of the equation 
is a good thing. Now, they do have a man named Steve Pierce, who's mainly been playing outfield throughout the year, but has been playing first base recently. Steve Pierce, he's a 31-year-old right-handed hitter, kind of a journeyman. I don't know. Is, is, is he a flash in the pan? But then again, it doesn't really matter at this point. It comes down to who's hot right now. And Pierce has been good. 21 home runs this year and 930 OPS for Pierce, who will be playing first base in this series. But bottom line, who'd you rather face? Chris Davis or Steve Pierce? Not really much of a comparison there. Now, just like the first time the Royals faced Baltimore, there's no Manny Machado at third either, as Manny, of course, had surgery and is out. Ryan Flaherty will be getting the nod over at the hot corner for Baltimore. Manny, 12 home runs in just 82 games. So injury plague, didn't have his normal Manny Machado season, but we know damn well how good Manny Machado is when he's healthy. So not seeing him gigantic for the Royals, not having to worry about Manny Machado. And once again, I'm aware Baltimore's numbers came with him only playing in 82 games. Again, I'm recognizing this, but I'm just kind of getting in depth here. So Baltimore does possess, though, some big-time studs. Don't be fooled, obviously. You've got Adam Jones, Nick Markakis, Nelson Cruz, who hit that oppo home run against the Tigers to put the dagger in them. Somehow got out of the park there at Comerica Park. Nelson Cruz, a guy that went wild earlier this year that many Royals fans were clamoring for, a guy the Royals could have obviously signed, but didn't. Probably a good thing based on his track record and some of the peripherals but Adam Jones let's single him out obviously as the one guy who you can't let beat you in this lineup right now without Manny Machado without Chris Davis Adam Jones seems like a royal killer from hitting big time home runs and heck I, one thing I always remember about Adam Jones is back here in KC you know how the ball gets stuck underneath the wall in the outfield sometimes like in a gapper the ball will just get stuck it happens maybe once or twice a year at the K and how heady he was the one time it happened. It ended up costing the Royals at least a run. I feel like it almost cost them a game, too, maybe. Like they lost by a run. It's been maybe two or three years ago. Do you remember that game, though, when Adam Jones was smart enough to let the ball, to throw his hands up and say, oh, it's a ground rule double time, I can't get the ball, and they sent the Royals runner back to third, and I believe they lost by a run. It's been a while. The details are a little bit hazy, but I definitely know that was Adam Jones, and I was definitely impressed from that point forward. The range he covers, the arm, the bat, Adam Jones, 29 jacks, 96 RBI. So that's one guy you cannot afford to beat you if you're the Royals is Adam Jones. But I mean, if you look offensively with Baltimore against KC, obviously the season you know gives the edge to Baltimore. But I don't know. I just, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not scared of this Baltimore lineup. But maybe that's because the Royals just faced the Angels and you know all the star, all the star power and the and the power in general that the Angels had. The Royals basically shut them out. Now that'll be a big chore. The ball jumps a bit more at Camden Yards. However. With rain in the forecast, that's one thing I was mentioning earlier, and you're Donna Ventura pitching game two there in Baltimore. It looks like it'll be rain the entire weekend. Now, I'm not sure how they'll do that because it's supposed to rain Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That system that's moving through KC from the Pacific Northwest is moving that way, too. It's supposed to rain extensively in Baltimore. Maybe not thunderstorms, so I imagine they'll get the games in without a problem, but would they do a doubleheader if they rain out a day or two? I guess they'd have to, right, because they come back to KC on Monday for game three. So kind of interesting to think about that. But Ventura, the last time he went to Baltimore and shut them out completely, throwing a season-high 113 pitches at that time. Sorry, 117 pitches at that time. That was kind of a, a rainy overcast night as well. Cold. The ball does not jump well at Camden Yards. That's one thing I know from talking to a couple of O's fans and an O's broadcaster I know. The ball does not jump there when it's kind of rainy and overcast and kind of chilly. So that could work to the Royals' favor as well in kind of neutralizing Baltimore's power. I'm much more concerned about Baltimore in that ballpark than I am here in Kansas City. So offensively, we'll give Baltimore an edge, I guess, by the slightest of margins. Now, if they had Machado in there banging HRs and 
uh, you know, you had obviously Chris Davis back in there, and you had Weeders. It's, it's 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 no contest. But the way these teams are currently constructed, I you know, Steve Pierce doesn't really scare me. Ryan Flaherty doesn't really scare me. J.J. Hardy doesn't really scare me. Delman Young or David Lowe don't really scare me. Even Nelson Cruz doesn't really scare me because the Royals can strike him out. Um, I feel like. With, the, with some of the holes he has in his swing. So there you go. Now, pitching-wise in this series, Chris Tillman is the, is a stud. Now, Baltimore has not released their rotation. I have a hard time believing it's not Tillman and Shields on Friday. We don't know that as of right now when I'm you know, recording this very in the wee hours of Thursday morning, late Wednesday night. But Chris Tillman, 13-6, and six, a 3-3-4 during the regular season for Baltimore. The only O starter to crash 200 innings, 207 and a third, 3.34. So a, a comparable would be James Shields-ish as far as what he means to the Baltimore staff and, you know, innings eater, although Shields obviously went, you know, many more innings this year. Similar ERAs. I mean, they're just both studs. So Chris Tillman is good, and he did face KC back on May 16th uh, through a five-hit shutout at Kansas City. Struck at only three and only walked one through 117 pitches. So Chris Tillman, that's the lone time KC is facing this year. He's a handful. Tillman and Shields, to me, is is a wash. Uh, you know what? I don't know. Am I just liking our players too much? Because I, I really don't think it's a wash. Here's the deal. My heart tells me my heart tells me Shields is better. My head tells me it's a wash. <laughs> but I honestly think my heart might be right. I don't know. We'll just call it a wash. I'm trying to kind of go over these teams. Offensively, we gave a slight edge to Baltimore. Slight edge to Baltimore. Number one starters, we'll just kind of call it a wash, although I still think Shields might be a little bit better. We and Chen is the lefty. We'll be starting in this. He was 16 and 6, was Chen with a 3-5-4 during the regular season and 185 and two-thirds. Has faced KC twice this year. And they, they've racked up a number of hits. They've had good approaches against him. They've hit him well to right field. So they'll need to, you know, need to take that ball to right field, all the right-handed hitters in the Royals lineup when they face him. Seven innings, his first outing back on April 26th at Camden Yards. Allowed two runs, but nine hits. So the Royals got nine hits in seven innings. And then five and a third one run ball on May 15th in KC, but again, seven hits in five and a third. So the Royals have been taxing him for well over a hit per inning. But Chen's a guy they haven't really gotten that big hit against, which was kind of symbolic of the Royals around that time there in mid-May when things were kind of iffy for KC. So they split with Baltimore and KC, one, two out of three there in Camden Yards. Now two other guys to go over in the rotation that we should see. I doubt we're going to see Kevin Gossman. I think I think he'll come out of the bullpen for Baltimore, which makes their bullpen even stronger. More on that here in a second. But Miguel Gonzalez, another guy we'll see, 10-9 with a 3-2-3 this year for Miguel. Did throw against the Royals one time back on April 28th. Went six innings, three runs. Your classic quote-unquote quality start. Six innings, three runs being the minimum. Scattered six hits. Miguel Gonzalez, a guy that threw 159 innings this year. Not a guy that really scares you much. But he's solid. That's the thing about these Baltimore guys. They're all solid. I mean, you look at Tillman, 3-3-4. Chen, 3-5-4. Gonzalez, 3-2-3. And finally, Bud Norris, who they got from the Astros, obviously. 15-8 and with a 3-6-5 and 165 and a third. Face KC and was really good. Remember, remember the night that Danny Duffy nearly threw that perfect game? Well, I shouldn't say nearly threw the perfect game, but flirted with it for two-thirds of the game at KC on May 17th. That was the night that he faced Bud Norris in a one nothing KC victory. Bud Norris that night, seven and a third of one-run ball on four hits. So solid as heck. You go through that. I mean, the rotation is definitely better than the Angels, no doubt. Tillman, Chen, Gonzalez, Norris. But who in that scares you? 
and to kind of bring it back to AL Central terms, because I like to do that a lot since we're most familiar with those teams, don't they just kind of remind you of four Rick Porcellos or three Rick Porcellos and maybe a near Scherzer? I mean, it, are you really scared of Rick Porcello? I, I think with a young team like the Royals, and the stats, these guys are good. I'm not trying to be one of those guys that says, oh, the name recognition is not great, because I get that. They don't have sexy names, but they're damn good pitchers. But, I mean, don't you think there's a different mantra? I feel like the Royals psych themselves out with guys they face. Like, oh, no, we're facing Corey Kluber. Oh, no, it's John Lester. Now, they've broken some of that recently. Give them credit. They've broken that by beating Chris Sale in the last week and a half of the season by beating John Lester in the wild card game. But in the past, at least, in the, in the recent past, it seems like the Royals, I, I've always felt like, and I've said this several times here in Clubhouse Conversations, that I feel like they kind of psych themselves out by a name they're facing. I think they've kind of outgrown that. So, A, they are going to be doing that. There's not great name recognition with Baltimore or great history between the two clubs as far as seeing these guys a lot. And B, I mean, the guys aren't dominant. The Royals are a different team right now, too. They're confident. They're hitting the baseball better. They're doing whatever it takes to win. They all understand their role. They've bought in. And they're hot. So rotation-wise, you look at those four, and we all know who Casey has. I'm not going to sit here and break down the Royals rotation. I give the edge to the Royals in the rotation, no doubt. I take Shields. Shields and Tillman, well, I guess we'll call a wash, but I, t- I still take Shields just barely. I take your Donovan Tura against any of their other three guys. You know, depending on if we throw Duffy or not, and getting back to that, I don't like left-handers, especially Vargas. I do not like him against this team. Like I said, they, they they're all their powers from the right side, kind of like the Angels. Now, to be fair to him, of course, he shut down the Angels with the help of some great defensive plays and, you know, moving the ball in and out. Did a nice job. Always seems to pitch well in that ballpark in Anaheim, does Vargas. But I don't – the good thing is I know they're not going to throw him in Camden Yards, but – do you? I'd rather have Duffy in there than Vargas. You're going to have to get at least one start out of a lefty, obviously. Guthrie I like pretty good against this team. Not at Camden Yards, since the long ball is more apt to happen there. But the good thing is, you know, in game games one and two, you have Shields and Ventura going. Game six, when you go back there, you have Ventura. you got Shields in game five. So the question is then, if there's a game seven, who throws that game? I suppose that's kind of an all-hands-on-deck. Maybe Shields turns it around as a couple innings or... Uh, stretch out Finnegan more or Duffy or I don't know who they'd use in that. But my point being the rotations, I take the Royals in a slight edge just because I feel like their top two is number. I feel the number one is slightly better for Casey and or a push. I feel like Ventura is far and away better than the other three guys Baltimore will throw out there. And then if Danny Duffy's in there, I take him over the majority of those guys. I don't know. Am I just a homer guys? Or because <laughs> I'm sure Baltimore fans would listen or people who are far more into sabermetrics than I am. I mean, I'm. I recognize sabermetrics, and I try to incorporate them, but I'm not a diehard guy on that. So some of it's just my eyes and what I think and my opinion. So I'll admit that right now. I'm not I'm not the know-all of baseball, but, God, I just I just, I just like Casey's rotation an awful lot right now, Even especially Guthrie. I don't like that he hasn't pitched in a while, but I like him in Kansas City against this team. We'll see what happens. Now, bullpen is where I'm nervous in this series because – with a lot of teams, and the majority of teams, and you know this, I'm not telling you anything new, if the Royals get the game to the seventh inning with a lead or tied, you feel like they're going to win nine out of ten times. I mean, if they're ahead, they do win nine out of ten times after seven innings. Now, if they're tied, I don't know the exact stat on that. I'm guessing probably four out of five sounds about right. But when you look at KC and Baltimore, the bullpen-wise, I mean, Baltimore may have as good of a bullpen. It might even be better if Gossman's out there. I know that's hard to believe. <laughs> I think they're comparable because if depending on who the Royals have out there too, if we're adding Duffy, 
then I think the Royals' bullpen is obviously stronger. I mean, you look at the Royals' six guys they've been running out there. I mean, obviously the, the big three of Herrera, Davis, and Holland. I'll take them against anybody, period. I'll take them against anybody. Finnegan lights out as hot. Frazier's been great. You have Duffy. So you've got a solid six-man trio out of that KC bullpen. And, you know, Vargas or Guthrie is your long guy in a worst-case extra-inning scenario. But Baltimore, when you add Gossman in there, is damn good as well. They had the third-best bullpen ERA in the American League. The Royals were fifth. So their ERA was better bullpen-wise. However, the F4 stat, Baltimore was fourth. The Royals were first. So the bullpens are comparable is what that tells me. And some of those stats are inflated for the Royals because they've had a couple of blow-ups from certain guys throughout the year. But Kevin Gossman, long guy out there, 2-4-5 ERA for the righty. You look at guys like Andrew Miller, who they picked up in 23 games this year, the lefty with a 1-3-5, original Detroit Tiger, Red Sox, kind of a bust. The Royals have hit him decently in the past. But the two guys that just freak me out, now Gosman, I'm not worried about Miller. Gossman worries me a bit, but O'Day is just tough. Darren O'Day, the setup man, the righty that comes at you sidearm from all different angles. Great stuff. Everything's moving. He has a 1-7-0 this year in 68 appearances and innings. So the good thing is he's strictly a one-inning guy with a 1-7-0 and 73 Ks, more than a K per inning. So O'Day's going to be tough setting up along with Miller. And then you look at the closer, Zach Britton, nails. 1-6-5 and 37 saves for the lefty. So Baltimore's bullpen to me, Gossman, Britton, O'Day, Miller, those four are near as good. It's a near wash. I still give the Royals a slight edge in the bullpen. So going over this facet by facet, Baltimore, slight edge as things currently are in offense. Feel free to laugh at me and disagree with me. I know that the season stats tell the exact opposite. I am aware. But I still say right now, Baltimore is slightly better offensively. Defensively, we didn't really cover that. but Because I just I just feel like UZR and different defensive stats are kind of misleading. I mean, the fact that J.J. Hardy has won all these gold gloves tells you all you need to know about how people rate defense. The guy makes the plays. He makes everyday plays, makes routine plays. Not doesn't have the range. Escobar might get penalized for his range sometimes by errors. So it's tough to, to gauge defense. But I think from talking to O's fans, they're not quite as good as the Royals. They'll admit that. And then pitching-wise, starting pitching, I don't know. Slight edge to KC, bullpen. Slight edge to KC. God. The Royals have the edge in this series, guys. I really believe that. I don't – even admitting that Baltimore has an offensive edge, even if you want to say it's more than slight, let's just say you want to play devil's advocate and say it's moderate. Okay, but if the Royals, if they have slight edges in the pitching and defense, definitely speed. Baltimore last in stolen bases. The Royals have already had in their you know few playoff games – what, 30% in the playoffs alone the Royals have had with Baltimore stole the entire season? So KC way faster, way better on defense. The pitching overall to me is better. So even if the offense is moderately better, do you really think that's going to overcome the other three facets from KC? I don't. I like the Royals in six in this series. That's my prediction. I think the Royals will go one and one in Baltimore. I think the Royals will take two out of three in KC, and they'll go back out there and win at game six. That's my prediction. Some of that's kind of hard to say because, again, Baltimore has not set their exact rotation, but we know the four guys is going to be. They're all going to be rested, and we know they have a good bullpen. And The one thing we don't know is the whole will Gossman start, A. Will they start Chen? Some people think they might not start Chen. I don't know why they wouldn't, but I've heard that rumor. And then the, the thing in for the Royals then would be, is Duffy going to start? Because I, I would like it even more if Duffy starts. Because to me, even four and a third innings of Duffy is better than five or six of Vargas against this particular ball club with power. 
especially if they somehow end up having to throw him either one of those guys in Camden Yards. I mean, it's a no-brainer. There's no, there's no good left. I mean, I don't like the lefty period in this series, but if you're going to throw a lefty against this team, they damn well better have good stuff is what I think. So once again, conclusion, Royals in six. I would love to hear your thoughts. Feel free to comment. Dave O at clubhouseconversation.com on the Twitter at Royals Clubhouse. Tell a friend. Very excited to get this series going. Once again, I can tell you more exciting news. We have several interviews with former players coming up. Jose Rosado, Gary Martz, who's kind of a moonlight grand, played in one game for the Royals in 75. He should be interesting. Have caught up with Phil Hyatt, who was a third baseman for the Royals in 93-95. Bob Tufts, who pitched a couple of years in 82 and 83. Devin Lowry, who pitched recently and was a coach in the Royals system last year. So a number of interesting guys coming up. And one other thing to talk about real quick, we'll just touch on it. The SI comes out this late hour saying the Royals are looking at a five-year, $80 million deal for James Shields. That would be a hometown discount. To me, Shields is getting 4 and 80 or 5 and 95 on the open market. To me, that's almost like Shields is playing one year for free if he goes 5 and 80. I think 4 and 80 is more likely, to be honest with you. So we'll see if Shields will give them a hometown discount. And a lot, of course, depends on whether or not Shields finishes strong in the postseason. I think if the Royals advance to the World Series, they've got a pretty good chance of re-signing him. Because if you're Shields, you got the best defense in baseball behind you. You love Salvador Perez. It's a fun place to play with not a lot of pressure. It's comfortable. The team's good. You're beloved. You can be a true ace in this town. You go to Baltimore, or not Baltimore, you go to Boston or, or New York, you're probably not going to be a number one. So to me, there are some things about KC that would lead me to believe there's a decent chance. And I think the Royals will be able to open the pocketbook if they make the World Series. I mean, all the revenue, if they continue to play a couple more weeks, the TV money, the merchandise, the ticket sales, the interest, the season tickets for next year, the bump in attendance, they should have even more next year. So that's something else to think about is the whole James Shields situation. We'll talk more about that. There's a long ways to go. Let's focus on this year first, guys. But I am excited to see that and hear that the Royals are at least toying with that idea. Because to me, you keep the pitching as what it is or make it better, then you may only need one more big bat next year. And again, different topic for a different day. We'll talk more about the offseason when the offseason gets here. I don't even want to think about the offseason. It's depressing, and all I want to think about is winning a World Series. But first, got to win game one, and then win game two, and win the ALCS. We'll have a post game for you here Friday night on Clubhouse Conversation. Go Royals!